Blog Talk Radio. Granny Hawker and Big Swing. Chargers got a new quarterback. It's going to be interesting. 
That's yeah. interesting. I didn't get to. I get it. Didn't get to watch much of the draft. I was busy doing other things, so but, I didn't get uh, to watch much of the we, draft. We got to call and get our guests on. We got to keep them on time frame. So <clears> I got him. I got him. I got him. Um, if you think there's going to be football this year, you're crazy. No, nah, we're going to have football. It'll be done by then. We can it might, be, it might be in an empty arena. There might not be fans in the stadiums, but I think we'll have something on TV. All right, Icon, well, I'm going I'm to give him this call here. Here we go, folks. Hello? Yes, uh, this is uh, Attitude Air Live uh, looking for the brute. Uh, we have an interview with him uh, right uh, in a few seconds, so I was calling him to get him ready for the show. With who? With the brute. Butcher? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't think he's aware. Did you the right number? Yeah. This is Paul the, Bo- Paul the Butcher Vachon. Oh, yes. uh, he dialed the wrong number. I'm sorry. We we interviewed him two weeks ago. I'm sorry. We'll. Uh, I John, that's the one you sent me. All right, hang uh, on. Okay. okay. All right. That's the one you sent me, Icon. You said we need to call our guest tomorrow, and you gave me this number. All right. Well, hold on a second. Yeah, hey, I have. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hey, 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 hold on. Is it the six five one or is it the five zero six? It should be uh, 813. I don't have that one. You didn't send me that one. All right. Well, I'll try and messenger it to you. Hold on a second. Good old icon, man. Here we are. Right now, I would love just a freaking body slam icon, throw him on his belly, ride him like a surfboard, and just slam my elbow on his spine. 813, that's the Tampa area. Yep. Oh, I so, yeah, because I got a place around there. He sends me – I'll send you guys over the screenshot. This is what I'm looking at right now. I'll send the screenshot to the group. Um, oh, wait, I got, I got it here. He just sent it to me. I'll send you over the screenshot, well, let's, but let me get the, let, let's let me get the call on first. Yeah, talk about it. By the way, don't send numbers to the group chat. Send it to my personal because I very rarely look at the group chat. All right, here's here's well, the number. There was a production meeting earlier, folks, but none of this got discussed. Yeah, it, it, it happens. It's funny, though. We're live. Sharpshooter.com. Yeah. Hey, Brute, how are you, buddy? Oh, are you there? No, he, he, it says he dropped off, dude. He hung up. <laughs> well, let me yo. try calling myself. Yo, all that's right. so funny. As soon as you were like, hey, what's up? He, he, first of all, okay, first of all, he answers the phone, yes. <laughs> and then he hangs up when you say hi. Yo, tonight is off to an epic start. Like, this is 2020 in a nutshell right now. It's, it's show. This is this is great. Um, But while we're... Well, we're getting that figured out between Icon sending me the wrong number and then uh, and, and then the Brute apparently not wanting to talk to us. Um, for those of you out there who are watching Raw, uh, it's another empty arena show. Um, not really my favorite, but not terrible either. Um, but while we're waiting on that, how was your guys' weekend? You know, 
it would have been a little better if this was more organized. I'm just going to start shooting hard, but I don't have time for that, brah. How is Granny doing? That's the most important thing here. Granny, okay, how guys, are you doing? Uh, well, hey, I, I'm not the hey, most important hey. person around here. What's up? Hey. Okay, I got our guests on, so I'm going to introduce them, and we'll bring them on, all right? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> all right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, about to step to the ropes right now. He is a legend. He is a man that no one should ever mess with, and he's a New York best-selling author. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the brute. How are you? Are you talking about me? Yeah. What's I, going well, on, yeah, brother? I didn't mean to be talking about you, but how are you? <laughs> I'm alive and well, praise God. How yeah, you? you know. You know, okay. I... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I uh, I know I, I I might be a little bit in the doghouse with you, so because uh, I've been calling you so many times, but I'll try and tread lightly on this uh, little interview, sir. Well, if you're in the doghouse, I hope it's a big one. <laughs> uh, we have the brute as our guest here. We got about uh, thirty minutes here with the brute, uh, so. Uh, uh, tell us, uh, tell us, give us a little background about yourself, then we'll kind of do a little round table and we'll ask you some questions. Where's the round table? Who's at the round table? Are you sure well, it's round? Uh, well, it's more, it's more rectangle. Uh, uh you got me, you got Granny Hulk, you got it's kind of table to stop on actually. Yeah. yeah. You want, what do you want, some background on me? Yeah. Well, I got a hairy back. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shoot hard. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I started. Well, uh, I was a weightlifter when I when I went to college and I did some serious lifting and uh, I was able to to do uh, you know as far as. Lifting was concerned. I, I, con- I, I, um, I concentrated a lot, yeah, on the bench press, and um, I got up to uh, to 540 pounds. That's uh, two reps. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm just letting you know what I did now. And then I did, uh, I did, uh, I did the five or 25 for three reps. I did. I did I did 500 for five reps. I did uh, 405 for 10 reps. I did um, 315 for 35 reps. I did 225, yeah, for 75 reps. That's just to let you know. And this was, you know, all in my younger days, you know. <laughs> and then um, I went to college. Uh, uh, I went to college at Purdue. And um, I got out of, graduated from Purdue, then I went on to law school for a while. And then, um, but I dropped out of law school because I wanted to, I wanted to get into professional sports, either as a football player or a wrestler. And um, I ended up in professional wrestling. Yeah, that's the short version, I guess. 
Well, you know, a couple things I want to comment on. Then I'm going to ask you a question. We'll kind of go. Uh, we'll kind of go around uh, the room here. But uh, you know, you mentioned uh, you have a hairy back. You know, the best thing to do uh, when you're with a woman with a hairy back, you close your eyes and uh, imagine she's wearing in a pack of sweater. That's what you do with a woman with a hairy back. And uh, you know, uh, uh, Otto von Clutch. Uh, you know, he went to law school not to be a lawyer, but he went there to be a criminal. So now we got that out of the way. Uh, well, now, uh, in your, uh, you know, in your uh, tenure in the business, uh, when you uh, first got in, uh, got into it, uh, what, uh, what was your uh, initial thought on your first match when they said uh, we're going to put you on the card? Uh, what was your, what was your first thought when you went out uh, in the crowd for the first time? Um. Yeah, first time I ever wrestled professionally was in uh, in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I wrestled a man that at that time that was back in probably 1967. Uh, man was called um, Frank Hickey, and he was working as a spaceman. Yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, that was my first match. Uh, we have, uh, we have, uh, our, our friend, the legend, uh, Bugsy Brute McGraw with us. Uh, we have, uh, we have about 25 minutes here with, uh, the Brute that we don't want to take, uh, keep him too long over that because, uh, I know that he could squash me with one of his hands, but, uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest, uh, the Brute? Well, hello, I'm Granny Holkster. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a big fan of the sport, and I've been missing it terribly, let me tell you, through all of this uncertainty times. What has been your most um, toughest match you've ever had in your career? What kind of match? What was your most toughest match for you, or your most challenging match? Challenging match? Well, you know, it just... Now that that kind of opens up just a lot of things. I don't know. It's just been, uh, <laughs> you know, you could I could say a few things because you know. Oh, be, pick your pick your favorite pick your favorite one. <laughs> okay, uh, Bruno Sammartino in oh, wow. Madison Square Garden. Uh, my manager was Lou Albano. Oh uh, wow! We did a, we did a handicap. Match against Bruno in the Garden. It was in uh, uh, September of 1975, and we sold out the Garden. There were over 20,000 people there, and uh, I I never really knew Bruno before that, but I heard you know I mean he had a reputation. He was uh, you know his reputation was quite you know was quite something was quite good. He mm-hmm. was. Everybody, he, he was really strong, you know. He was the, uh, you know, I mean, he was legitimate, legitimately strong. He was in shape. I mean, when I say in shape, I mean, you know, unbelievably in shape. Uh, so I was bound and determined because I knew I was in shape. I was weighing about three at that time, when I wrestled him, I was weighing about three ten, probably roughly wow. that at the most. And then, so I went into that 
spring, and I was, we have a term we used to use, I don't know if they still use it or not, but I was, I was determined to blow him up, you know, I was going to make him pay, so I got on that ring, and we, and we went at it, I mean, we, we really went at it up and down all over the place, and I remember one time, we, I ended up on my knees in one corner, and I looked over at the opposite corner, and there's Bruno in the opposite corner of the ring. And he's, yeah, yeah, jumping around, you know, acting, yeah, doing some jumping jacks or something like that. And I thought, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, I couldn't believe it because I, you know, because I thought, I, you know, I was wearing him out. I wouldn't. So I got up and charged him again, and we went at it again. Oh yeah, he's uh, yeah, yeah. He was something, you know. I mean, I was I was impressed with the fact because uh, I was in such shape at that time that I could wear I could wear out I could wear out almost anybody, uh, but not but not Bruno, you know. Wow, that's that's amazing. The Brute is our guest here. We've got about uh, 24 minutes here left with the Brute. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that uh, your uh, your manager at the time was Captain Lou Albano. Did you know Did you know that because uh, he uh, was your manager, you inspired him to uh, go on to his acting career and become one of the original Mario Brothers? That was all because of you. Nobody else it was because of you. Really? He wouldn't have been, would have been in those Cindy Lauper videos without you. Oh, praise God. <laughs> well, I knew he had, uh, you know, he was, I knew he had that, yeah, he, you know, that was like, uh, you know, what, I guess you call it a sitcom or a, he had that show on TV every week, right? Yeah, the Mar- uh, yeah, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Brutus are guests, we've got uh, 23 minutes here. Uh, we'll kind of go uh, to... Uh, um, a, a guy that really idolizes you. Uh, he's a he's an up and coming wrestler himself. His name is Otto Von Clutch. What do you guys for our guest here, Otto? We got 23 minutes. Go ahead. What's going on, Bugsy? I have a uh, couple quick questions for you, sir. Um, just for our listeners, if they don't understand, I mean this this gentleman here, folks, that's with us tonight, has wrestled guys like Terry Funk, Dory Funk, um, Bruiser Brody, uh, the Kevin Von Erich, Kerry Von Erich. Uh, Andre the Giant, the list goes on and on, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, sir, what was, who was uh, someone that you felt like you had a good chemistry with and you really looked forward to uh, working uh, long broadways with? Oh, uh, just, uh, well, long broadways. Broadways, that's a term I haven't, yeah. That's a term I haven't heard in a while, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Broadway, um, hey, yeah. Scott, there was um, there were some guys that you know they they knew what you know they knew how to handle themselves in the ring. They were good. Uh, uh, trying to think, yeah, you got a figure here. Um, oh, well, you know, if, if I go from territory to territory, um. One would be uh, Ray Stevens. I'm sure you heard of him, right? Yes, sir. Yep, yep. 
Ray Stevens out of San Francisco. Well, I worked with him when I was in San Francisco, working for Roy Scherer. I also worked with Ray Stevens when I was in Florida. And um, trying to think of others. I mean, there's been there's been a few, you know, that were really good. But when I went to when I went to, Aust- to Australia, you know, I, I worked the first few weeks there because we had a short crew. We had, I worked with Mario Milano. You ever heard of him? Yes, sir. Yeah, we did. Uh, I did one one week with one week with him. We did uh, we did four Broadways that week. Wow. <laughs> and so like, uh, man. Let me so, think. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, so I know after you know you you retired from wrestling, you became a nurse. You did nursing for twenty years. You became a uh, RN. I mean, during that time, I know at the towards you know two thousand four, you had a little bit of a a brief run again. Were you having that itch at all during you know being a nurse? Were you like, man, I got to get back to the ring. I want to get back in there. I mean, was that feeling always there? Uh, well, you know, I guess overall, yeah, because you know what, uh, uh, yeah, the one thing I enjoyed, I enjoyed working. You know, I mean, you get in the ring and you, you know, you're able. You know, you're working your craft. You know what I mean? You're doing, I mean, I knew, I knew, you know what, like, for instance, um, I was, well, I mean, I knew I was. I was, I was like a ring general, you know. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of ring generals that could, you know, that could oversee the whole, uh, the whole situation. I can name a few for you. Let me think here. One would be uh, Jake Roberts was a ring general. Uh, what's his name up in, from Memphis? Jerry uh, Lawler. Lawler. Lawler was a ring general. Uh, Jody Hamilton, you ever heard of him? Yes, yep. sir. Yeah, the assassin. He was a ring general. He did so he handled himself well. Um, yeah, the, to uh, to some extent, uh, Dusty Rhodes was a ring general. Um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the only thing that you know that prevented him from being like you know a, a complete ring general was his ego. But anyway, <laughs> and then. Um, let me see who else. You know, there was. Um, and I mean, there's, the list goes on and on. I mean, what about yeah. um, necessarily your promos? Your, some of your promos were amazing. I mean, some of the best promos. I mean, some of the guys, some of these guys nowadays might not know exactly, you know, some of the old timers are. And I'm telling you, these guys are the ones that paved the way. And you, I was watching so many of your promos this past couple of weeks and just amazing work. I mean, who. I mean, you kind of were like a trendsetter in yourself. I mean, you weren't really following anyone else's lead, I don't believe. I mean, where did this come from inside? Yeah, you know, you yeah, that's, that's, you've got the right perspective. I, I didn't follow anybody else's lead. I tried to, what I tried to do is to, to separate myself from the herd. So I wanted to be some. I wanted to be a wrestler that was completely separate from the herd. 
and it was so unusual you couldn't follow me. Right. So you know one one of the ways, of course, you know one of the ways that helps you to um, draw money, of course, is the interview. So you know I used to come up with all kinds of stuff, and and you're right, I you know I used to have people come up to me on the street. And they asked me, go, man, the way you talk on these interviews, you know, and they go, are you a lawyer? Are you a judge? Are you are you a professor? They'd be asking me these questions all the time, you know, because they thought I was, you know, going, uh, do you work in politics or what? You know, they're asking me all these things. <laughs> but uh, it's like, nah, you know, I wouldn't tell them, but it's like, uh, no, I'm just trying to draw money. <laughs> Asses and seats, yeah. right? What was that? Asses and seats. Yeah. So, I mean, my oh. last question, sir, thank you for being on. The last question I have for you is, uh, I mean, you talk about your tr- – I mean, you could go in the ring and you could work a long time and you, you would not blow up. What would you do for training? Uh, what was kind of your regimen real quick if they're – in a nutshell, what was your training regimen like? Well, you know, once I got, you know, like I told you about, you know, when I first was, I started out and I and I concentrated years ago, you know, um, actually before I got into wrestling, I, I concentrated and, and for the first few years while I was in wrestling, I guess I concentrated on the bench press, but I realized, you know, that that, that type of move there, you know, was not the kind that would put you in shape. So I I I changed that up and I was using I started to use clean in the press. If you do a clean and press with either, you know, it it's called either a hang clean or a power clean. That means you do your reps but you don't touch the floor. You come up with it all the way up to the over your head, you come back down, you almost touch the floor, but don't touch the floor, you go back up. And I used to have myself on a clock. So I'd be doing, you know, three to five reps every minute, you know, that really makes you work. So that's how I got myself in shape. But, but of course, now here, here's the other thing. I mean, if you want to look this up, you can. This is the greatest exercise that you can do. If you just had to pick one exercise out of all the exercises in the entire world, that that one is the very best to put you in shape because it works every muscle in your body between your ankles and your neck. So that's what I used a lot. And I got, you know, so I was, you know, very proficient at that. And I was in great shape. And, and then, too, you know, I used to, if I could find you know wherever I was working, I, uh, I I would also run stairs. I didn't like to run a flat track. I never enjoyed that, but I would run stairs. There you go. Get to the arena and just uh, run some stairs, huh? Yeah, you know. So you know, it's, it's you know that's the type of thing. I so I was able to I was able to keep myself in shape. I you know so, yeah. What I told you at the first of the interview, I used to be. I I used to run individuals over. I mean, they just after a while they just up and quit, just lay down in the center of the ring. <laughs> you know, they couldn't 
yeah, they couldn't take it anymore. You know, I just because I wouldn't stop. You know, they'd be so out of breath. <laughs> Uh, we uh, we, we yeah. got the boot. We got the boot here. I guess we got about uh, 13 minutes. Uh, big swing. I'll let you. I'll go to you in one second. But uh, there, the one reason why we do have you on the show tonight, and I want to make sure we get time to plug this, uh, is you uh, have a new book uh, out. Uh, can you tell us about the book and what made you decide to write the book? And uh, you know, uh, how, how many millions you made off the uh, off the uh, writing of it? Oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Well, yeah, with the book, you know, it's this. Um, I had so actually what happened with the book. I had some people that contacted me, and they wanted to write the book. You know, they wanted uh, they had an interest in writing my story. So I said, okay, you know, I mean, we, you know, we spent um, in. In preparing, you know, I mean, from start, I mean, um, what do I mean? Uh, I'm saying the same words over and over. Um, the making of the book, you know, from start to finish took about a year. I spent, you know, we, I did a lot of interviews with the ghostwriter, and we, you know, we did a lot of talking, lots of talking. We did about two hours every day. And, three times a week, you know, for months, you know, and then he would write it up. And then, um, and then after, after he wrote it up, uh, you know, uh, you know, I did the review. Um, so, you know, it took a little while. It took almost a year, you know, to get this, uh, completed, but the book is called brute power and, uh, you can order on Amazon, it's got a, it's got just a little over 300 pages in it, uh, but and it's got uh, roughly, probably roughly roughly 50 to 60 photographs in all in the book, you know, and it all it entails really what I call the golden era of professional wrestling from 1968 through 93. And uh, you know, and all the all the places I went, and the, the territories I worked, and the promoters I worked for, and the individual wrestlers I wrestled, and you know what I thought of them as, you know, wrestlers, and also as individuals, and um, you know that type of thing, you know. Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned. Uh... You know, you, you talk a lot about, you know, I mean, you know, there was the golden era that you were in, and then there was uh, the new generation, and then there was the attitude era, and there was the PG era. Right now, in the what the hell do they think they're doing era is what they're in now. But uh, yeah. we have uh, the food here with us. Uh, we got about uh, 10 minutes uh, with the legend. Uh, uh, Big Swing, go ahead. What do you got? So, Boot, um, I, Granny asked you earlier, you know, your most challenging match, and, and you know, you told us. Uh, about that, but um, how did you end up getting into the business? I mean, th- this is not a business that a lot of people get into. When they get into it, they don't often excel in it. Uh, what kind of made you want to become a wrestler? Kind of take us to the story of, of how you got involved in all this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, back then, they didn't have any. They had very few wrestling schools. If, 
if at all. And and if they had one, they you know they were like local type things. Like they had one up in Detroit. What was that guy's name? I think he was he used to have a, a school, but I don't know. I never went to it. He he used to partners with. Um, uh, it wasn't Kowalski, was it? No, he used to partners with uh, Red Besting. I forget his name now, but he oh, had. Uh, Rick, yeah, huh? yeah, Rick. It's not Rick Baskin, is it? No. No. Okay. But, uh, you know, there was very, you know, but so anyway, we, you know, like I didn't, that's the only one I ever heard of. And that was very local in Detroit. Well, I didn't live in Detroit. I lived in Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. But so, so I looked around, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, cause wrestling, wrestling in Indiana was pretty hot. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, when I grew up, they had Dick the Bruiser and, Yukon Eric and uh, yes, Cowboy Ellis and Wilbur Snyder and the Shower Brothers and uh, the Angelo uh, Papo. Yeah, I mean, it, it was hot. It was really entertaining. It was something, you know. So, so I was working out at the gyms in the city, and you know, you know, I had a, I had kind of a reputation because I was strong. <laughs> but I was looking around for somebody, and then somehow, you know, I found a guy. His name was Tom Jones. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I have, yep. Uh, yeah, Tom Jones. He was working. He was living in Indianapolis, but he was working for the Sheik up in Detroit. You know, the Sheik was the Sheik was a promoter, so he um, he started to train me some, you know. And um, yeah, yeah. So he he liked what he saw, and you know, and and he saw that oh. you know that I wouldn't quit. Well, what was your your motivation though? Like to to get linked up with these people, what kind of made you decide you wanted to get into wrestling? I mean, I know wrestling was hot in Indiana at the time, but you know, just because something's hot doesn't necessarily mean everyone does it. Like, what what made you want to be a wrestler? Oh, okay. Well, that's a good question too. Here, one of the things I think one of the factors was that, though, growing up okay. as a kid, say I was roughly roughly fourteen, in the neighborhood where I lived, uh, the second house over from us, the man that was the referee, in uh, he was one of the referees. Uh, his name was Lou Thomas, and he had a son. His son was a little bit younger than me. And every so often, he used to take us you know, to the matches, and it was really, you know, you know that you know, yeah, for a young kid that was just really exciting, and you know, I, <clears throat> and I got to meet the wrestlers, and you know, they shake their hands, uh, so every so often, and you know, oh, it was something, and I think I got my. You know, my, I mean, you see the thrill of it. You see the excitement of it. You see the glamour of it. And you see, you know, I mean, when, uh, you know, you see people, you know, yelling, yelling, and, yelling and screaming, you know, and uh, it, it, it was just exciting. So I thought, you know, you know, that's something I think I'd like to do sometime. But uh, at, at the time, I was only roughly 14, you know, I think that was... I thought uh, I'm almost sure that was one of the 
motivating factors. Oh, nice. Okay, That's so it's kind of a new new the guy living next to nice. Okay, awesome. Uh, we have the uh, we have the brood here as our guest here. We got about five minutes here left with the brood, and you know we do. Uh, I do appreciate uh, you taking your time out of your schedule, and uh, you know I uh, I have to uh, give a little apology out here. Uh, you know, calling you at uh, like three in the morning. I, I I didn't mean to do that. Uh, you know, with, with, with the whole Did you chew him out? Please tell me you chewed him out. He he thought you were from parts <laughs> unknown. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, please tell me you yelled at him. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I think. Uh, no, I figured. Uh, you know, he's he's either some weirdo or he's or he's from the IRS. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know the IRS doesn't call you, so I don't know. No, I'm just playing. Yeah, that's right. They don't. They don't praise God because I pay my taxes. Yeah. Bugsy, I have, I have one more quick question for you, sir. I'm sorry. It just came to my mind real fast. When we you were working, clients. when you were working with the WWF, I saw that you had the Grand Wizard as your manager, and he was speaking for you in this promo. And for some reason, I just you know, as a wrestler myself, and I'm watching, I'm trying to study your tape. I kind of felt like you don't, you're a guy that doesn't need a manager. You know, you're kind of your own entity, your own, your own, your own. Ugh. Like, how did that feel? Having, I mean, was that something that you wanted, or you know, I just. Um, well, you know. They had a system back then, working because back then, you know, the man in charge was Vince McMahon Senior. Yes, sir. And uh, that's what they had. They had a manager system. You had mm. uh, you had Farouk, uh, that was Ernie Roth. You had uh, Lou Albano. You had uh, Freddie Blassie, and those were the three. So anytime, you know, so they managed the heels. So anyone that wrestled Bruno, you know, one of them would, you know, would have to say, well, I'm bringing in this guy and he's going to beat the crap out of Bruno and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. So, you know, that was their system. That's how they worked their system, you know. They used the manager system. So, yeah. So that's what I... These, these you know, guys were real uh, managers. These guys were handlers. These guys were drivers. I mean, they were they were real managers, huh? Well, yeah, you know, as as far as you know, the wrestling type of um, you know, they were used, you know, to help to help draw the crowd. They would show up. They the only time you really saw them was at the TV or at the or. Or at the larger house shows, like, you know, you go to Madison Square Garden, you go to Philadelphia at the Spectrum, you go to Boston at the Boston Gardens, you go to Baltimore, or you go, uh, you know, other places. As you know, they they were not a, they were not usually at the smaller towns like, oh, uh, well, like Albany, uh, New York, or. Oh, uh, shout outs to Albany. Big yeah. shout outs to Albany. That's where I'm from. <laughs> Albany, New York. Yeah, Albany was a fun place. It was always good. Yeah. You know. It's all right. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir, very much. Thank you very much. You are a legend. Well, and let uh, me ask you, uh, Bruiser, well, you, you lived down, um, 
Excuse me. No, I brewed, I said, but I was swallowing at the same time as I said it. Um, you, I, I noticed with your area code, you're down in the, in, in the, in the Tampa area. I actually got a place in Clearwater. Um, what, uh, what brought you down there? Just, just soaking up the sun, uh, the sunshine and, and, and the nice weather or, or did, were you wrestling down there for a little bit? Yeah, well, you know, when I came down here the second time in Florida, because I was in Florida twice, I came down okay. to Florida the first time in 1969, and uh-huh. then the second time I came down to Florida was 1979. I was here for about three years, and I just decided, you know, that, uh, you know, this is the place I'd really like to live. You know, it's warmer weather and and so forth and so on. You don't have to fight the snow. You don't have to drive in the snow. You don't have a – you're not – you're not worried about trying to, you know, freezing your weenie off and all of that. <laughs> uh, I hear you. Yeah. So that's that's you know. So I just I just decided that that and, and that's when I bought my actually uh, uh, my home was uh, I bought my home about 1980, and then I had a home boy. Uh, but ever since then, you know, I moved around, but all in Florida, you know. And yep. now I live in Daytona Beach. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Brute, we appreciate you uh, you being on the show, and I appreciate you uh, forgiving me for uh, waking you up at uh, 3 in the morning. Whatever happened again, I promise. Cause, uh, uh, I, I saw what happened when you put the claw on the guy, so I'm, I'm not going to risk that. But uh, we uh, appreciate you being on with us, and you are awesome, sir, and uh, thank you so much. Well, uh, well, I want to thank you for having me on the show. The other thing, too, is, you know, you know, I told you about the book, you know, the uh, Brute Power, but also I had saved up um, through the years, I had saved up these articles and the photographs and the programs and, and the clippings from all over the world, and, um, and the people that helped me write the book they wanted to to use that to make up a a scrapbook Mm. so we Mm, made you know so we had that uh we have that one for sale too if you want the scrapbook so that has that has that has over 500 of the photographs programs and articles and the clippings from you know from 1968 through um yeah 93 yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, and I, I promise won't be in at three in the morning, but I will call you later this week, and uh, maybe I could uh, work out a, a deal. You can send us some autographs for giveaways for our listeners. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be good. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brute Man. Uh, I uh, I know you got some brute strength, and uh, you know there's brute strength, there's brute cologne, and there's the brute power. We do appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Well, I thank you. Thank you, you thank sir. everybody for me there. Yeah. Take care. Oh, praise God. I'm going to take the angels of the Lord. Yes, sir. Because I'm blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, brute. All the best to you. Amen. Thank you. All right. All right. Yeah, bye-bye. All right. Yeah. So uh, our next guest yeah. should be calling in if they're not on already. Your next right. guest. You don't need the next guest. You only need, you only need me. That's what I'm doing, Brute. Real quick, I, I, got I, I got a question for you, Brute. I'm sorry. This is 
I'm on Amazon right now. I'm on Amazon. I want to buy the book, and I see that there's people selling the book for sixteen ninety nine, and then there's people selling the book for forty seven seventy seven. This is worse than the toilet paper issue. Are you the seller, Darkstream Press? Because I want to make sure Brute gets the money. I don't want to be buying this book from people that, you know, is the wrong person. Are who, you know? Yeah, yeah, Darkstream. Yes, sir, Darkstream. Yeah. So all of our listeners out there, go to Amazon, Brute Power, the autobiography of the Buzzy McGraw. It's Darkstream Press. It is sixteen ninety nine, and it is going to be excellent, folks. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on. All right, sir. We'll Thank talk you. Again up there. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Definitely. Nice. Okay. See ya. Okay. So, See ya. so we we should be looking for a 701 area code. Yeah, yeah, we got him. I was just waiting. I was just waiting on everything to put him through. Thank All right, you. Well, Thank I you might have swing. to. Uh, what I might have to do is I might have to disconnect because of the uh, the merge call. But I'll uh, what I'll do is I'll introduce the guest and uh, I'll. Uh, I'll have them give a little background, and I'll disconnect and call back. We've got to put them back on right away, okay? I'll, I'll consider it, yeah. All right, okay, so if you want to put them in, <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, right. I'll go ahead and introduce them, and we'll go with it, all right? All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step into the ring right now. He is a local hero in North Dakota. He's a statesman, he's a firefighter, he's a musician, and he's a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Scott, the musician, Kelch. Hey, this is Scott Kelch, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the hosts, the icon, the big swing, Granny Hulkster, and Otto Von Clutch. Hey, Scott, how are you? I'm doing great. Icon, how are you? Well, I'm doing doing good. What I'll do is uh, uh, I'm going to have you give a little background about yourself. I'm going to I got to drop off the line here for a little bit to clear off my phone, Uh, and then uh, while you're giving uh, the background about yourself, uh, then I'll come back on, ask you some questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll have some fun with this. All right, sounds good. All right, so give a little background about yourself, and I'll call right back. Talking. Okay. All right. Well, I, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect, but it, it's uh, good to be on today. Uh, as I said, my name is Scott. I am uh, a local. I've been. I've known Scott, the icon, since uh, probably over 20 years, ever since he was a kid. Um, I, I'm a retired firefighter uh, for the city of Fargo. I did that for uh, six and a half years. Uh, I've also been a musician uh, ever since I was a kid, which is way more years ago than I want to talk about. Uh-huh. And uh, I've all, uh, you know, I've got a, a family here in Fargo and a family all over the United States. So uh, it's it's very good to be here. And any questions that you want to talk about, I'd be certainly ha- happy to answer today and wait for the icon to come back on the line. Well, he's here, but I, I wanted to I wanted to go over something real quick. Um, uh, we were looking at your your music earlier on a SoundCloud uh, page, and um, yep. one thing I wanted to do just to to help you out is I have a SoundCloud page as well, and um, we were gonna actually download one of your songs and play that underneath, kind of as your as your uh, intro music. But 
your mm-hmm. SoundCloud tracks are not downloadable. They're streaming only. Um, if you want, I can. If you want, I can get you. I can tell you sort of how to make those downloadable so that uh, people who are listening who like them can download them right to their iTunes or to their to their devices that way. Um, I can have I can send the instructions to Icon. I'm not going to waste airtime with it, but I can let you know how to download okay. those so people can hold on to okay. them for you. So, yeah, all right. sure. But, but anyways, yeah. So um, Icon's back on with us. Uh, Icon, I mean you you know him pretty well. He's known you forever. Uh, did you want to start off with this or throw it to Granny or how'd you want to do this? Is Icon back with us? He's right. back on the line. Yeah, um, no? I, I do know oh, there he about is. Uh, Scott. Uh, uh, and then uh, at the end of the interview, uh, I'm going to have him put me over even more than I already am. But uh, so, uh, you know, Scott, we've known each other for a long time. And uh, the uh, one uh, time that I remember, uh, and I'm sure you'll remember this, uh, when I first saw how great you are as a musician, is when you do your. Uh, uh, Joe Cocker impression. Uh, do you still do that? <laughs> I haven't done it for a while, but I'm pretty sure I could uh, pull it, muster it, depending on the time of day. <laughs> and uh, of all the uh, of all the of all the songs that uh, you've uh, recorded, probably the one uh, that we know that would uh, go in uh, right now would be Trapped. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, now you you do write your own material. Uh, what are what were some of the uh, uh, main, uh, you know, pick one of your songs besides Trap because that's too easy. Uh, one of your <laughs> songs and what inspired you to write the, the lyrics to that? Well, I wrote another one called uh, Sleep On It, and it's about uh, a few years ago I was uh, beginning a new relationship with someone, and you know, you're kind of nervous when you meet someone at first, and uh, if you don't know where it's going to go, you wonder what the other one really thinks, and then you decide whether you want to see each other again, and I just said to her, well, you know, sleep on it, and then I said, well, that's a great idea. That's a great name for a song, and I, so I wrote a song about uh, that particular experience of being in a new relationship and, and talking to the other person as, uh, as it would, and that's where the lyrics came from. All right. Uh, we have uh, Scott Kelch as our guest here. Uh, we have uh, 26 minutes here with Scott. Uh, I'll uh, ask you one more question, and we'll kind of go around the room here. Uh, you know, the other the other cool thing that uh, I was going to ask you about, and we kind of talked about this. You, I don't know if you want to answer this question, but uh, you know, if we ever decided to do a movie about Scott Kelch, we all know that the the perfect actor that you look like to play you would be Eddie Cahill. What, what do you think of that idea? <laughs> Are you asking me, Icon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh certainly be a very good choice. <laughs> I'd be honored. That, uh, that would be cool. Uh, we have Scott Kelsch, I guess. We've got 25 minutes. Uh, uh, Granny, what do you got for a guest? Uh, local hero here, the man, Scott Kelsch. Well, he sounds absolutely amazing. I mean, you're a retired firefighter, musician. I mean, what's your favorite type of music that you love to play? Well, I write all my music on an acoustic guitar. Um, they usually, the ideas usually come to me when I'm out taking a walk, or walking the dog, and I'm humming something in my head. 
and then I go back and try to figure out what those chords are and try to put piece it together on a guitar. So I guess anything that you could play in an acoustic guitar is a good way to start, but some of them just don't really fit with that. And I, uh, I've taken some of the songs into a studio and uh, hired some musicians to play along and kind of uh, jazz them up a little bit, not jazz, but rock them up a little bit and uh, put some background uh, percussion. Well, see, I have, I I have a, I have a friend here in Arkansas where I'm from. And um, of course he is a cowboy from the word go. I mean, he, he sings for kids at schools and libraries and, and, I mean, he used to do the bar scene, you know, for many years, and he kind of yep. got away from doing that. And he has, um, you know, up until the virus started, you know, he would have little uh, jam sessions in his little music house, you know, every month, mm-hmm. you know, once a month. And we'd go over and have snacks. And and he um, he was actually selected for the – they recognized him down in Little Rock, Arkansas, for the National Day of the Cowboy, and he's got this big banner in his music house, and he is one of the spokesmen for one of the uh, National Day of the Cowboy. So he does a lot of, you know, cowboy music, but he does other, sure. you know, old rock and roll too. I mean, he mm-hmm. he does a little bit of everything. Pretty amazing, but it sounds like you are an absolute wonderful musician. Musician, I would love to hear some of your music sometime. I mean. Yeah, I do have a SoundCloud page, and those are the ones that I've taken in and had recorded in a in a studio, um, which fleshes out the music and has better production value. But I do have some I put on my Facebook page that are just homemade videos that I've recorded. Awesome. I mean, I was a big fan of John Prine, who recently died, and he's you know yes. beloved everywhere, and uh, he was he's a big been a big influence. So. Wow, that's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, Scott Kelso, our guest here. We've got uh, 22 minutes here with Scott. And one thing I do want to ask uh, you, Scott, real quick, but then we'll go to Otto. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, that uh, there's actually uh, a director slash producer doing a documentary about me, uh, which will definitely uh, uh, go uh, platinum in the movie sales business. But uh, we were wondering <laughs> if we might be able to use a few of your songs in the documentary because we could use some music for that. Wow, I'd be delighted. Yeah, you have my permission. Awesome. Uh, Scott Kelso, I guess we got uh, 22 minutes. Uh, Otto, the server boy, you love server music. So uh, ask uh, ask uh, Scott Kelso a couple questions, buddy. Scott, what's going on, man? We're trying to come waves together, brother. So check this out, man. I'm really liking that song, Outside, Inside, Inside, Outside, man. Let's talk about that a little bit. All right. Man, yeah, I was cool uh, song, Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, good to talk to you. It's, uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted something like a little more funky beat. Um a little funkier, kind of like, but also in a kind of a, I don't know, beat, beat poet style. <laughs> Just a lot of word salad, rhyming words uh, back and forth. And uh, just put a funky beat to it and put some, threw down some, my friend threw down some cool leads. And uh, there you have it. Well, uh, I was breaking up a little. I don't, I don't know yeah, what happened. I, I, we didn't hear you. Yes, I was wondering, like, what kind of, uh, 
you know, where do you usually play at? Do you have some local bars that you like to go to? I mean, where uh, where do you usually go play now? Well, I, uh, I've cut back a lot. I had six or seven years ago, I was playing every weekend and setting up my own equipment, taking it down and hauling it around and playing mostly bars, um, coffee shop here and there, if they were, you know, willing to uh, at least pay a little bit. Most of them aren't. But the bars are, and uh, yeah, so a lot of them that, you know, I don't take up much room, so they like that. <clears throat> Leaves more room for for tables and patrons. And <clears throat> I just, uh, and of course now since the, the virus, uh, everything's closed down. So, I know. It's playing so at mean, home. <laughs> things are different now for right now. Yeah. For sure, but, for sure. I mean, what about being a firefighter? How was that? Like, I mean, thank you so much for being a firefighter, and I imagine you have some amazing stories. But uh, in all, uh, all play, I mean, have you ever had to rescue a cat from a tree? Uh, we, have you ever had yeah, to rescue an icon from a tree? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's even better. An icon from a tree. <clears throat> no, but I, uh, this is a this is a true story. I did we did have to rescue a cat from a hot tin roof. Oh my goodness! I love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, Scott Coach, so. I guess we got about uh, 19 minutes. Left. Scott, we'll go to uh, we'll go to Big Swing in a second. But I'm just kind of curious, you know, uh, being a musician and a firefighter, do you ever have any jam sessions in the firehouse? I brought my guitar to work on weekends when we were working weekends, and uh, you know, some, during the day we tend to be kind of slow, so we'd bring out the guitar, and another guy had a mandolin and we had some jam sessions yeah definitely you know i i could just i could just see you in the fireplace being like the uh uh the k&d construction boys from a home improvement doing uh hold tight wait till the party is over burning down the house uh, well, we did a bluegrass version of gin and juice <laughs> We got Scott Kelcher to guest here. We got 18 minutes. We're having a, we're having a blast here with Scott. Uh, uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest, man? I know you got some musical questions, because I know you're a, you're a DJ, so uh, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, a little, little bit different of a, of a musical uh, genre, but, um, I, I mean, just uh, just looking at some of your stuff and, and listening to some of the, you know, music and stuff like that, um has music always kind of been a, a passion of yours or is this like a newfound, uh, you know, hobby that you're doing or, or have you, have you, you know, always kind of had an affinity for this? Well, get this, you'll love this. When I was a little kid, the, um, the first thing that I wanted to be when I grew up was to be a DJ. And oh, I wow. told somebody that, <laughs> and they said, well, you know, you don't get paid very much. And then, of course, Back I then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, then I can always play the music because I, I, I was so naive as a kid. I thought, well, the bands have to rush into the radio station and play the song and make it sound the same every time. And then they go to the next station and play their song there again. So that's how I thought radio worked. And then until my mom said, no, they actually have records <clears throat> that they play. But that's how I kind of got, you know, listening to the radio and uh, growing up with the music. That's that's what really got me hooked on it. I was in music and uh, in school when I was a kid, played uh, tuba and uh, and sang in choir. 
And, uh, yeah, it's always been a passion of mine, I'd have to say. Got my first guitar at 12. Nice, nice. Um, now, when you, you know, you play shows and things like that, um, you know, venues and different things around the area, but uh, are you mostly just playing in in uh, in Fargo, or, or do you travel around maybe other states, other, other things like national gigs, or are you just really doing the local thing right now? Mostly doing local right now. I did play a few shows in Minneapolis uh, a couple of years ago. Um, whether I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I did play the Mall of America. <laughs> oh wow! One Saturday afternoon. So, <laughs> but it's mostly local now. Um, you know, family obligations, you know how it goes. <laughs> and um, and when you so I was looking at some of the things here and. Um, you know, some of the things Icon was telling me beforehand, uh, but what do you look at right now as, as the favorite thing you've done? I mean, are you having the most fun right now being a musician? Did you have the most fun being a firefighter? Did you have the most fun doing the, the you know, the other stuff? Like, what, what, what do you look back on and say, all right, well, that was probably the favorite period of my life? Well, I, I have a, actually have a degree in architecture, and I did that for a while until the economy went um, – South uh, in the mid '90s, and then uh, I did a few other went into construction for a while, and now uh, last nice. about four years ago, I got back in the architectural field after I retired from the fire department, and uh, just did some house designs, and that was really fun. I mean, it's both. I mean, writing songs and architecture are very similar in, in terms of their the way you approach the creativity and how the, all the moving parts come together and all the the systems work together and you get a product at the end. Nice. 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 And, uh, I guess, I guess last thing would be, um, for this, uh, do you have, you know, do you have bigger, like bigger goals with the music thing or are you just kind of having fun or do you want this to kind of blow up and maybe turn into something national? It wouldn't bother me if, or to blow up and turn national, I tell you that. I mean, that's. Okay. I mean, that. Uh, although I'm, I'm having fun with it too, and I guess that's the whole idea of music is to have fun with it. And I think, you know, I, I think it would be a lot of fun to play a big stadium. That's for sure. <laughs> and part of part of what part of what will get you, I guess, more known will be. Like I said, if you have your stuff up on, on SoundCloud to make it downloadable, because a lot of the times, and I've noticed is that people um, people have a short attention span. They'll click on something, they'll listen to something, and they'll move on. If they if they like it, they can download it right there and, and put it onto their phone or onto their iPad or onto their whatever and listen to it over and over again without having to go to the website. So, um, yeah, so I'll get Icon over that, that information to, to get to you as to how to make those downloadable on SoundCloud. Yeah, appreciate that. And I, yeah, yeah, no I just want to, before the next, uh, we go on to the next question, I just want to give a shout out to all the firefighters and the EMTs and paramedics and um, frontline medical workers that are uh, having to work a lot of hours right now and putting themselves at risk uh, in order to help everybody get better. And I, I know what they're going through, and I really, I just want to give them all a shout out because. No, frankly, they're not that well paid either, and they're doing a lot for to keep our our uh, towns and our cities together. 
That, that is awesome. We got we got Scott Kellis here. We got about uh, twelve minutes left with Scott. Uh, before I start doing the put myself over questions, because uh, you know they're coming. Uh, you do have a you do have a CD. Uh, you know, uh, of course, you know Scott. I put out a comedy CD uh, uh, about uh, ten years ago that went aluminum, and I know that you you got a lot more sales than that. But uh, if uh, if our fans wanted to get your CD with your music on it, how would they get? That? Uh, you let me know, Scott, and I. Uh... And, and I will certainly uh, send one out. I can I can actually get you a bunch right now. And if you want to do the mail out, and I can pay the shipping. But however you want to do it, just uh, just get together with me. Hey, can you okay, tell us before yeah, Icon before Icon goes into his whole tune, his whole his own horn thing? Can can you tell <laughs> us um, a little bit about being you know being in the Fargo area and the Icon being the Icon of the Fargo area? Tell tell us an icon story that you know that uh, that he you know he wasn't quite sure that you were going to tell. I, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> well, I don't know just how he gets the photos that he does that he puts on that he posts on Facebook. And I mean, he he is surrounded by fame and and beauty and you name it. I don't know, but he's uh, he's got a way of. Uh, I know that's not a specific story, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let him off easy today. But he's a, he's an amazing guy, and he's got a he just has a way of uh, you know getting his name out there and letting everyone know what his talents are. And I I think that's really a, a pretty cool thing. As far as uh, being in Fargo, we you know we, we finally hit spring. The the last remaining piles of snow are finally gone. Um, 70 something degrees today it's just a, a beautiful well I, icon said you guys only have uh, a couple of seasons um you only yeah, have, we have uh, yeah we have winter flood road construction and football yeah <laughs> well yeah. the road construction is pretty much a year-round thing though isn't it not here oh not not no. here <laughs> no no it's 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 too cold for that um but I mean, it's got a very lively music scene. They've got a lot. They've had a lot of acts come out of here. Um, you know, if you want to go all the way back of, to Bobby V, was discovered after Buddy Holly died on his way to Fargo Moorhead area in the plane when his plane went down. And Bobby V, the, in those days, the show must go on, so they hired Bobby V to fill in, and that's how he got his start. Um, uh, Dick Clark um, was a not from Fargo, but he was married to a woman from Fargo. You know, see him around here quite a bit. Um, and we've got you know we've got a, a great uh, concert venue, and we just got a lot of uh, you know colleges and universities. So we've got a lot of young people that are hungry for for new music. Nice. MDSU. Uh, yeah. 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 Go Bison. Uh, Scott Kelso, I guess, here. we got about uh, nine minutes here left with Scott. And one thing, guys, I will have to do is I will have this and that again to uh, get a, head, a hold of our next guest, someone to call in. But uh, there is um, there is one uh, story that I do want to share uh, when I first met Scott. And uh, <laughs> you probably remember this. You might not. Uh, but yeah. uh, now, how tall are you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, six foot. Six foot all. Right. Now, I remember when I first met you, uh, it, uh, it was, uh, you know, you were just running for the legislature, uh, for the House, 
if you remember that. We're not going to get into politics here, but I just want to share this story. Now, I remember I walked, uh, I walked up to you, and uh, it was uh, you and a friend of ours, Nick, and a good friend of ours, Tim, and uh, you guys were running. And uh, I said, uh, hey, uh, how you doing? Uh, you're a pretty tall guy. Uh, so, you know, the tall guys always win the race, and, uh, and I'm going to be uh, helping you guys campaign. And uh, do you remember what you told me? I don't. You'll have, to, you'll have to refresh my memory on this. <laughs> well, uh, well, you had, you had said that, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I heard that you uh, you have a lot of energy, and uh, sometimes you can go a little overboard. Just uh, keep high energy, but don't go too overboard when you're knocking on doors and representing us. And I said, oh, I can do that. <laughs> now, do you think, do you, Scott? Do you think Icon could? possibly win the popular vote for a political office in North Dakota? Absolutely oh, yeah. not. You do? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Wow. See, Icon, you, I mean, might, have, you might, might be able to do something next next year. <laughs> yeah, we're, well, you know, we're, we're, we're a weird state. We have one elected official for every 42 people. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, you know, the other thing is, and uh, like I said, I want to put myself over real quick. When I uh, when I started out on the campaign, uh, you know, in North Dakota, it's broken up by districts. I'm just going to give it a little quick political lesson here. In North Dakota, it's broken up by districts. And uh, Scott is from District 11. I don't know. You're still in District 11, aren't you, Scott? Uh, nope. I moved. Okay, you moved. Well, anyway, when you started out, uh, there was uh, one Democrat in the – uh, in the district, and two Republicans running. And then uh, when we when I started helping out, and I'm putting myself over here big time, uh, we went from one uh, one Democrat and two Republicans to two Democrats and one Republican. And then when they changed the thing that it, uh, the term should be every two years, it should be every four years instead of two years, we ended up with three Democrats. And I, I, I'm proud of that uh, thing. And uh, you might remember this. When they let me go up and speak in front of the entire uh, the entire state at the convention, you remember that, right? Uh huh. I do. Yeah. See now, and I remember you were the first person I said. And you you extended out your hand and you said, "I my speech would have been a little shorter, but that was awesome." <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I was I I had I was pretty gutsy then, huh? Pretty pretty mouthy. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, you know I uh, you know I love you, but yeah, if our uh, if our fans out there wanted to uh, you know follow you and see what you're doing, maybe uh, check out a show that you're doing. You got a you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, uh, you got a YouTube, uh, you got a Spotify. What do you got? Yeah, I have, well, I've got a Facebook page and I've got a. I did have uh, just a standard website for a while, um, which I've since let lapse. But I usually use Facebook and Twitter to to let people know what the schedule is and what the shows are going on. And uh, for, no, but for I'm those, uh, setting up a YouTube channel now. I just don't have the videos as much as I just do audio files that I'd rather present. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Here, here's here's what I'm willing to do. Uh, because you took time on your schedule to join us, uh, if you uh, want me to come out and video you singing your songs, I'll come out and do that. We'll put them on YouTube, and I'll help you out. 
That'd be great. That'd be great. And one other quick thing I want to mention, uh, for you know, everybody knows that my real name, of course, is, you know, Scott Helmer but I go for the icon because when you get something personalized, they charge by the letter, and I save about 15 bucks. Uh, but you yourself, your name is Scott as well, but it's only spelled with one T, so you save about a dollar. Uh, I never did ask you uh, the spelling of your name, how that came about with just one T instead of two. Well, you'd have to ask my parents, but when I do, they just say we just wanted to be different. And I just—I mean, you only—I only say I tell everybody, you know, you only need one. But yeah, so well, you know, it's kind of like uh, kind of like uh, kind of like Jeff Dunham. You're using you're you're using an unneeded app. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Scott, you are awesome, and we want to thank you for taking time on your schedule to join us, and uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, we'll definitely have you on again, and uh, when the show is over, we got about uh, 45 minutes here left. I'll uh, I'll contact you, and then we'll uh, work out the uh, the CD arrangement. All right, sounds good. And then you'll let me know about the uh, of the settings on the SoundCloud page, right? Yep, yep. I will have pictures right. sent to me, and I'll forward it to you. Yep, definitely. Thank you. All right. I'm uh, I'm okay. typing it out right now, and then uh, I'll send it to him, okay. and you can get you can get it over. All right, guys, great. here's what I need to do. Uh, I'm going to let you guys talk uh, talk much yourself for a little bit. I'm going to disconnect. I'm going to uh, text our guests and tell them to call in, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll go to it, all right? So uh, uh, I'm going to disconnect. I'll watch for my call and put me back on right away, okay? Don't right, put them back on. I'll consider it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, man, that guy can talk, huh? He's a good talker. Oh, he could talk. He could talk. He's a good man, but he could talk. <laughs> so where are you all me. from? I know Granny. I heard Granny say she's from Arkansas. I I say the the auto must be nearby an ocean. Yes, yep, California. Yeah. And then I'm and in uh, I'm in upstate I'm in upstate New York. Upstate New York. Okay. Yep. Yep. Right. Good old New York State. Yeah. But anyway, maple syrup country. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, but <laughs> all right. So Scott, we'll uh, we'll talk to you. I'll uh, send those over to Icon. He'll get them to you, and uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll work out for you to get some downloads. Sounds good. Thank all you. All right. Much. We'll talk to you. Right. Hey, Grandma. Hey, Granny. All right. Bye. I forgot he wasn't on the line with Icon, so all of a sudden he kept talking. I was like, oh, hello. Um, okay. So we have two. Uh, I don't know if we're supposed to have two uh, on here. Um, hold on a second. So, <coughs> so Icon, Icon, the, uh, the the next caller is actually on. Um, but I was wondering. Should be an eight one eight number. Yeah, we well we have two. We have an eight one eight, and we have a seven four zero. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's go to this. Let's take the caller first. Then, uh, uh, Brian, I know you're uh, listening. We'll take the caller, then we'll go right to you. Okay, so uh, bring the caller on. And we'll we'll see what's going on with that. Caller, go ahead. What uh, you se- got? What's going on? Seven four zero Ohio. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Got a, a question on the future of, of WWE. WWE, if you don't oh. mind. Sure. Sure. 
Uh, so, uh, I just wonder how, how big is your penis? I mean, is it? Can I suck it or can I see your asshole? How's that going? <laughs> Yo, All that's right. actually awesome. <laughs> oh shit, that that's actually that's actually amazing. Uh, I you know you you gotta love troll calls every once in a while. Um, all right, I know, we do have. Um, oh shit. Yeah, we. We, we we do have uh, the other caller on. Hey, did you want to do your shoot first or wait till after? Let's do the shoot we'll now. Wait, after that shit. No, no, no. We'll, we'll wait till after. We'll do it at the end of the at the oh, end of the, this interview, so they have to download what's going on. So go ahead. We'll bring uh, <sighs> bring them on. I'll introduce them, and we'll uh, go ahead. I've been waiting for this shoot. All right, I got an eight one eight right here. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Stepping into the ring right now. He is the greatest comedian in the history of new comedians out of the state of California. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the big man himself. He is Brian Swinehart. Hey, hey. What's up, Icon? How are you? Hey, hey. I'm good, man. I'm great. Great to be on your show, man. I I don't know what's up. I, I wanted to hear about the future of of of, of, of pro wrestling, and then the dude starts uh, <laughs> talking trash on you. I was I was curious to hear your answer on that, and uh, that was funny, man. How, how are you? Well, good. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll uh, we're gonna have you do that whiner real quick, and then we'll uh, then we'll go into the interview, and then we'll have some fun with you. Yeah, okay. I thought it was a Great. legit caller, but I guess not. That that was actually pretty funny, though. Uh, yeah, let's yeah, do that. Well, right, oh, ahead. sorry. What, so what are we doing? You're going to tell me the future of pro wrestling? No, no, no. Uh, I Remember I sent you that liner to say? Oh, son of a gun, you did. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, you teach you to me, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. I thought so. Oh, man. Um, or if you look at uh, either one of your uh, Facebook okay. uh, messages. Yeah, you, you're, I'm Brian Swinehart. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing granny, and Hulkster and Big Swing. Is that what we needed? Did I do that correct? Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, your, your phone was kind of cut out there. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take care of it in post-production. Post uh, we have uh, Brian Swinehart as our guest here, and I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. We got about uh, thirty. That's right. Yes. We got about uh, thirty-seven minutes here with uh, Ryan, but uh, we—if uh, you can hang with us, we might go a little over. Uh, so people have to download the content to uh, hear the tough questions I'll ask you at the end of the interview. But uh, so um, you're uh, you're uh, obviously a great stand-up comedian. So if you want to give us a little background about uh, your uh, comedic timing. Then we'll ask you some questions. Yeah, man. Well, I started off, I grew up in a little town in Ohio, and I, I moved to California, and uh, a buddy of mine was doing comedy. I went to his show, and uh, I started uh, I started doing shows. And uh, like most comics, man, my first five five years or so was brutal, bombing, and going through it. And now, uh, now I am where I am. I was just at uh, really climbing up, uh, getting uh, a lot of success, headlining across the country, and then, uh, uh, boom, this uh, this uh, situation here we're in hits, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, things get back to normal. It was kind of tough because we were, 
we were just at what, what the comics called a comedy boom. It was uh, every night of the week we were going out and the clubs were packed and everybody was having a great time and buying drinks and having fun. And now um, just like that, it's like, uh, what next, you know? So as I'm sure a lot of people in different businesses are uh, are thinking uh, how how their, their business will come back. So, um, But, you know, regardless of that uh, – uh, I'm an entertainer, and I continue to uh, I continue to write every day uh, as if uh, I'm going to be coming back on stage, and I hope I hope so soon because I got a lot of great new material from uh, from everything that's that's happened in the world uh, the last uh, couple months. So um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Brian's one. I was I guess we got about well, 35 minutes. I got one that you can use. Uh, okay, uh, that I, that I like to use. Uh, I used to use myself. You know. Hey, guys, I, I want to thank you. I just got back from uh, overseas uh, entertaining the troops there, and uh, thanks to the Air Force, I wasn't the only one bombing in Baghdad that night. <laughs> can you see now why my uh, the county city I put out 10 years ago went aluminum? You can see that. Uh, we, we got uh, Brian uh, Swinehart as our guest here, and uh, he's just a great comedian, uh, and I recommend... Uh, uh, going out to seeing one of his shows when we can get to it, so I'll uh, uh, we'll we'll pitch that uh, in a little bit. But um, what uh, you know, you mentioned that you went to your buddy's shows. Uh, do you remember uh, when and where your very first show was? And uh, oh, tell us about. So it. yeah, so here's how I, I kind of got into the business, man. I was I was twenty, maybe I was twenty two years old, and I was out front of a nightclub. And uh, I met uh, I met this guy and, and he and he and I were talking to these two girls and he said I like that one I'm gonna talk to her I said that's cool I like them both and uh, we were talking to these girls and I gave everybody a piece of gum and he said man you must not be from L A you share and uh, he gave me his card and he was a comedian and we became friends he invited me to a show and uh, he introduced me to a guy who booked amateur nights and my first show was at a sushi restaurant. In uh, in Hollywood, it was called a Moggy, and uh, I went and did the show, and a couple of my friends from work showed up, and uh, it was kind of rough. But dude, I just uh, I, like with anything, persistence over resistance. I just stuck stuck with it, and uh, and got better, and made it happen, you know. So um, yeah, I just you know my my friend had a show. I just went to watch, and I said, dude, I want to do what do that, and. Uh, in the meantime, he's been in over a hundred commercials. He stopped doing comedy, but he's he got into commercials, and I kept doing uh doing comedy. And I've been to I don't know thirty eight, forty states overseas, uh, performed for the troops, all that stuff. And uh, man, I love it. And um, you know, I I'm I, I'm I miss uh, you know right now having this is the longest break I've had in my entire eighteen years of doing it. So I, my last show was in uh, El Paso. Uh, March, uh, I think the, around the 13th or so in El Paso, which is one of my favorite towns to perform at. The people there are just cool. And uh, then, you know, the coronavirus hit, and then I've had uh, two, uh, you know, going on to uh, be at least two months off by the time things get back. Uh, I do, you know, I, I, I it's hard because you have a, when you have a passion for something, man, you wake up in the morning, and it's your first thought, right? You when you love something, and for me, it would be my first thought in the day. Okay, I've got a show tonight, and then at the end of the night, it's my last 
last thought because I just had my show and your whole day you've been working on your material um, uh, and uh, you know you will improvise on on stage but mainly you, you kind of write your material at least have a game plan and then uh, so now waking up without that to do each each day is tough so I can uh, relate with a lot of people out there right now who are you know missing their passions right now or what they are are so used to and it's uh you know it's a uh, comedy stand-up comedy is something that i thought man that's something i can do until i'm an old man and my my thinking always was dude i will be doing it until my you know till pretty much my last breath you know and uh now uh with this whole thing man i mean i hate to keep going back on it but it's such a heavy heavy thing that put things in reality of how, how important our freedom of speech is and you know to me it's 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 an essential because with comedy dude you get to um express express all the things that are going on in your world uh with a with 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 a little humor that people can kind of relate to and i do believe that laughter is the best medicine i mean it's one of them i mean uh it definitely yeah, it's definitely helped me get through a lot of depression and uh things like that and i know it does the same for others uh, so, you know, it's, uh, I, it's a rewarding job. I consider it being a truck driver with jokes because I drive all over the place. Right. Uh, except I got a Prius instead of an 18 wheeler, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, um, you know, it's, 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 it's been my, my go-to through any, the amazing thing about uh, comedy I've found is that, uh, how your tragedies in life, the tough things that, that you go through are what your real goal goal is. Um, you know, George Carlin had that great line. George Carlin said, uh, if you, when you laugh and cry, it's the same motion. And I thought that was pretty profound because he's, he's so accurate on that. Cause when you laugh, you're like, ha 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 ha. You kind of, your body moves forward. You jerk when you cry it's, <laughs> and your body makes that same, same motion. And, uh, in, in a weird way, uh, there's 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 some kind of thing that triggers that, and I found that if something really upsets you, and, and you can make it funny, those are the best type of uh, best type of of laughs, you know, that you can uh, that you can have. So, uh, um, Brian Brian Swinehart is a guest here. We got about uh, 34 minutes of uh, regular show time, then we got about uh, 10 minutes extra after that. Uh, r- real quick, Brian, I, I just want to mention a couple things, then we'll kind of go around the room. Uh, you know, you mentioned that your first show was in a sushi bar, so I guess you were the only, the only one that was cooking there. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. And, uh, uh, see, I, I'm, I'm giving you a lot of great material. Um, I, can, I, can only, I can only hit the womp womp button so many times. Well, okay. And, uh, uh, you know, the other thing I was going to mention, for those of you who, uh, uh, and I'll let you pitch this at the end, but for those of you who have never seen Brian uh, Swinehart, uh, the best thing I can tell you is Bradley Cooper. Uh, Brian can play Bradley Cooper in an autobiography. We'll, we'll just go with that. So now you know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, just, a, just, a, just a handsome guy. Uh, and no, I'm not attracted to you, but I do like you. Uh, okay, uh, thank we got you. Brian Swinehart uh, as our guest for your uh, uh, 33 minutes. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest, uh, Brian Swinehart? Go ahead. Well, hello. Uh, first of all, I guess my first question is um, – what made you decide you wanted to be a stand-up comedian? You know, I 
I had always kind of been a cut up in in class, right? I was always kind of a uh, jokester, class clown type of thing. And I just think it was kind of luck that I met this guy who was a comedian, and I and he invited me to the show. And when I went to the show, and I was like, wow, this is something you can really do. And I just saw him do it, and I was like, wow, I want to do that. And when, uh, you know, after that show, that's like, wow, that's what I want to do. And then after I met the guy who booked the show, I just started doing it. And uh, even though I was having a hard time with it, with my confidence to get in front of a crowd like that and everything, I just kind of uh, kept going. So it was just, you know, I guess it was kind of luck to meet the to meet the right person at the right time to expose me to that at the age of uh, 22 is how old I was at the time. So, um, you know, and that's the age when a lot of guys start picking out their careers. And uh, I just kind of uh, got lucky. And when I, I just, the first time I got on stage, it, like I said, it was real hard, but I knew, I knew that's what I want to do. It's like, I just kind of, you get that feeling in your gut. This is what I want to do. So awesome. I love that question. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So, you're welcome. Go ahead, Otto. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brian Swinehart is our guest here. We got about uh, thirty, uh, thirty-one minutes here. Uh, uh, Brian, I'm going to introduce you to uh, now. Uh, he's our next uh, co-host. Uh, he's uh, he's a wrestler. He's an independent wrestler by trade, but he's a surfer by night. So, uh, well, actually, surfer by day, wrestler by night. Uh, his name is Otto von Clutch. Otto, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Man, Icon, have you been drinking tonight or what, man? I, mean, really. I sure have. I, I could tell. I could tell. What's going on, bro? How you doing, man? I'm good. I don't have life. I, you know, it's 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 very good, man. You know, I'm over here in L.A. myself, man, and I tell you what, I'm happy they have some of the essentials that we have that are open. But on a better note, man, I see that, you know, this caller that called in before you came on was from Ohio, and you said that you started your whole – you know, career in Ohio. It's kind of a coincidence. You know what? When he said he got this color from Ohio, and then he made Ohio look bad with all his uh, dirty talk, mm-hmm. uh, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I grew up out there in Ohio. Man, I grew up in a town. I tell you what, man, we had Amish. We had a lot of Amish people. Right? My first girlfriend was Amish, actually. Man. Yeah, we, we we don't care about Ohio anymore, though, man. That's, that's the dumps, man. Let's be honest. Yeah, you know what? It's uh well, we got some beautiful country, but it's uh, you know, it's a little. It can be boring there. It can it's be boring. It's the butthole of America, okay? Let's just be <laughs> <real>. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. Actually, that's, that, I'm pretty sure. That, I'm gotta, pretty sure that's New Jersey. Here. Hang on, hang on. I got, Actually, I got my relatives there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for calling Grandma butthole, man. No, but hey, man, it's like, what's up with this man? Like, I've, I've always wanted to, to dabble in into some stand up and. Uh, you know, uh, how many shots have you done in a night? Like, how many shows have you done back-to-back-to-back in the same night? Uh, I think I've done five in a night was, was, was one of my probably biggest one. I don't know if I've hit six. It's five or six, Damn. you know? Yeah, and that's just from from, from gig to gig to gig in, in, in one Whoa. night. And, uh, yeah. And, you're talking, and you, you know. It's crazy because you're talking about how this, you know, everything was booming. It was kind of the boom for the comedy. And, you know, it's kind of the same for wrestling. We were at the boom right before all this happened. I mean, what do you see this happening? I mean, what do you, what do you think about shows in the future later on this year, especially in California? 
I mean, you're going to have to branch out to some more other states, correct? I mean, what do you well, think? What 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 do you think's the future of comedy? I think it's going to take a long time till people get the, the the unfortunate thing is that, and I don't know how it'll be with wrestling because you know, but wrestling has so many people at the at the at the at the events, you know. And, uh, but, you know, for comedy, like, you know, I was playing in front of some venues, four or 500 people. I don't see how they're going to get right back to that. I think that, I think it's going to go back to more of like, almost like a speakeasy vibe where, uh, you got these smaller venues, you know, that you're going to put people in or even underground venues where people, because you can't hold people up forever and they're going to start finding they're going to start finding ways to, to do stuff. And I'm thinking that, uh, you know, so for, for instance, my next, my next thing is, cause I, I can't handle this anymore. I'm going back to Ohio. My friend has a barn and we're going to okay. fit like 40, 50 people in his barn. And I'm going to do a show on the back of a tractor. Okay. Badass. That's how eager I'm, I am to get back to my, to my passion. Right. And, right. uh, and uh, I have a feeling, and I think I'm just going to build myself my own little stage And until the comedy clubs reopen, which they're going to have restrictions like crazy. I'm going to make my own little stage, and I'm going to put that in my car and go from town to town, city to city, in any kind of random spot I can. And it's it's humbling, right, because you're used, you've gotten used to playing in front of a couple hundred people per show, and now it's going to be in barns and weird places until, I mean, who knows what the future holds? I mean, we are in a weirdest spot we've, any of us have ever seen. So, um, and like you said, wrestling, everything was at the peak. I mean, we were at a biggest boom in perhaps the history of the world financially and for everything to have just been swept out that quick. I mean, it wasn't even like, uh, a, a slow, you could slowly see it coming, right? This was just so, I mean, it wasn't overnight, but it was kind of overnight. I mean, it, when 2020 started, everybody's hopes and dreams were at a at an all-time high. And then just four months into the year, we are, I mean, we're looking at a possible uh, worldwide uh, depression, recession so for sure. Wh- what is What is your advice for that young 17-year-old, that young 20-year-old that's trying to get into the business of being a stand-up comedian. I mean, what kind of advice could you give them right now in this time that we're in? So the normal advice, and I tell people because it's almost, you know, like you said, you're interested in dabbling in it, right, and all this. So the normal advice I would give people is, hey, man, go Go on, go on the internet and find where your local open mic is, and just go up there and do it. Even if you don't have your shit written, just go up there and get on stage and see what happens, and you'll find your voice. Because stage time is the key, right? Because the more you're up on stage practicing, the better you'll get. Now, in the current situation where there is no stages, it's very the only thing you can really do is write, you know. And now, people are doing online shows. I myself haven't gotten into that yet because I'm trying to hold out because I like live performance. I do better live performance. I like to see people live performance. And honestly, it's not as funny when the crowd isn't there with you. 
right? Absolutely. Because of all the spontaneous things that can happen. You know, the waitress could could drop a drink, and there's something funny there. There's a crowd, this guy in the crowd who's, you know, you got Scotty Icon in the front. front. You got a lot to pick on there. You know, so like, <laughs> like just the, the the live vibe is uh, is what is what gets my heart racing. So, but right now, I mean, if a, if a guy wants to be a comedian. And I, you just have to write until the till the open mics open. But once the open mics come, I mean, coffee shops will open again, hopefully, and then people will do little shows in coffee shops again. Bars will have coffee. Bars will have comedy shows again. And you you'll, be doing, a com- you'll be doing a comedy show, and everybody in the crowd has a mask on. That'd be interesting. Absolutely, I've, dude. I've I've thought about that, dude. I mean, I would still do the show, but I don't know how because when I put that mask on, it changes. When you put to me at least, it changes your whole demeanor, right? Yeah, bro. Oh yeah. You, you feel you? I mean, I feel like, damn, am I gonna rob this place? And not oh, only that, hell yeah, hell yeah. I feel you. I'll be driving down the street going to the clinic, and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm about to do like a heist or something right now. You know, you got that feeling. <laughs> yeah, you feel like, all right, come on, give me your money. And then you start looking at you, – then you're walking through and you're seeing the other people in the mask, and you get leery of them, right? And, and, and uh, of course, I was that guy that put the mask on, like, the very first day they started talking about that shit, and people are looking at me like, what the fuck? Like, what is this guy doing, you know? And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you know, it is what it is. But it's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Otto, yeah, is, it, I, is it the I, same out there as it is here where, like, there's a lot of businesses – that you that um that, you know gas stations or whatever it may be that right you 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 cannot enter without the mask on but they don't even let you in the store oh bro you gotta have a mask bro you gotta have a mask and and you have to have a mask in L A County that's just the way it is for most of these places but how my brother man's saying like you're gonna wear a mask and you're in the audience watching the comedy show it's a it's a two drink minimum how are you gonna have a drink with the mask on. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, uh, yeah, I mean, really? Fuck! I'm telling you, I want to go out there. I want to tag team with you, bro. Let's hit the Sunset Strip and let's have a good old time. Oh, well, here's the thing: laugh, right? what if what if it's what if it's required that you, as the comedian, have to wear the mask? I mean, I mean does that make the show impossible? I mean, it pretty much does. I mean, he, you, he, I don't see. You know, because not only not only will it make it not only will it make it hard to talk, especially when you're up there for over a half an hour, but when you um, when you do your your expressions, right? Because uh, a lot of comedians, we can get laughs off of just uh, a facial movement, right? Uh, facial expressions, stuff like that. So I don't see how the comedian would would be uh, required to wear. A, wear a mask you know it's just gonna it's you know it's gonna have to end up coming down to the people who are willing to go out and, and go to the shows and, and take the chances and you know unfortunately a lot of people who probably would have used to go to shows and stuff will be forever scarred and won't leave their houses again but there's still gonna be enough that will want out want to get out there and, and uh and do some stuff but as far as i don't see how the hell you could wear a mask and do comedy I just don't. It doesn't make any sense, and I don't see how the audience could be masked up. I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, there's going to have to come a time when people are just going to have to take chances. You know, it's, it's, I, I it's feel get, it's getting rough because I'm going on these dating sites now, and you're looking at these beautiful women, and they have this mask oh, on, 
and you're, yes, I'm on plenty of fish, all that stuff. I'm swiping, and these women have this mask on. You know, it's it's, it's a crapshoot out there nowadays. It's, you know, it's hard to say. You know, I was at the grocery store, and I said, hey, girl, I bet you look good with that mask off. Right. Uh, she took, yeah, she took the mask off, and I was wrong. But uh, <laughs> It was Icon. <laughs> it was Icon in there. I just saw the long hair. Just Love assume. you, Icon. <laughs> but, uh, uh, um, we, have, uh, we have Brian Swinehart as our guest here. we got about uh, 20 minutes left of regular time. And uh, we have 10 minutes of overtime uh, where I can do on red. Uh, oh, hey, real quick. 30 minutes. I can. Real quick, to go off of what um, Otto was saying about, you know, the dating sites with girls with masks, I, I don't know if it's the same out there, uh, Otto, but I've seen a couple of girls around here um, get pretty creative with it. And when I say I that, I mean, they, they, they take I, I, one of their bras, right? They take one of their bras. They cut it in half, okay, they bedazzle it, make it all cool looking, and then they put the strap over their neck and put the cup of the bra around their face, and then they're, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting, and, you know, and it's free. <laughs> but I've seen and, a couple and, of those. And this goes for both men and women. This has never been a better time to be a butterface. Men are women. <laughs> this is a great time. You're right. You're um, right about that. Uh, so <laughs> Brian Swinehart is, I guess, your uh, – <clears throat> Back to where I was going. Uh, we have uh, 19 minutes here left, and uh, Big Swing, I'll let you ask a good question here in a second. But, uh, Brian, there's a, there's a rumor out there uh, about you. Maybe you can confirm this or not confirm this. Uh, oh, boy. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, see what, uh, we'll see what you think. There's a rumor out there that uh, uh, Brian Swinehart might uh, be making an appearance at the Icon's wedding uh, as a – uh, can you confirm or deny or possibly that uh, myth? That's something I would love to do. I would love that September. Uh, what day is that? You told me earlier. September twenty-six. Twenty-six. I was going to say twenty-nine. Twenty-six. Eighteen. Twenty-six. September twenty-six. I want to come out there. That's South Dakota, right? For the wedding, bro. North yeah, Dakota. Dude. North Dakota. Yeah, it's going to be better. epic, dude. Yeah. yeah don't don't wedding. swear. Don't don't swear and say South Dakota. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or Winnipeg. Or Winnipeg. I would love right, to. Yeah. That is, well, that I'll tell you what, like we, 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 we will definitely find a way to get that done. Uh, I don't know cool. how I'll pay you, but I'll tell you what. I can give you a bunch of my autographs you can sell, and you oh, should be you able to make dollars. <laughs> I don't know how to work eBay. So. <laughs> hey, the, you know, we're, we're, I know TP's on a high demand, so the, you could always use them as a uh, TP. <laughs> Okay, that, that's right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we do. We'll, we'll go to Icon's wedding, bro. We'll do some open gold. mics over there. I'll, I'll follow your we, uh, your lead, man. I'll just kind of be a little uh, your wingman you and learn do, from man. you. You got it. You know, if 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 the world was operating on normal level right now, we would do we a show were, tomorrow. We were, yeah, if 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 yeah, exactly. If the world was opening on a normal level, I'd tell you, hey, if you live close to North Hollywood, go to the Ha Ha Comedy Club. They have an open mic at 5 p.m. every night of the week, and I've nice. seen so many. I've seen so many guys start there and build a career from from that little club, just going up on, on uh, every night of the week. You know, just okay. going doing five minutes. You know, and um, it's. I mean, I'm, it's it's. I mean, it's not the same as being a pro wrestler. Obviously, you're not taking falls and hits, but similar to probably how a pro wrestler starts. He doesn't know too many moves. And he slowly starts building his repertoire until he gets his, uh, you know, it, and I think that 
I mean, any things like that. Sports are like that. You know, you start off, you you can you can barely throw, but then you get a you get a fastball, you get a knuckle, you get a curve. You know, you just start learning. And I think you know that's one of my thinkings in life, man. It's persistence over resistance. You know, I love that. You just got to keep persistent. And uh, so, yep. The the I don't know, man. I wear such a bizarre time, and I hate. I'm trying to talk about other things in my life, right? You mentioned going on dates, well, man. I can't. Well, I can't even go on dates right now because it's clogging my mind. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, Brian, there there is there is one thing we're going to talk about. We we got uh, we got about 16 minutes of regular time with you, uh, and then we got a little overtime. Uh, there is one thing where I'm going to have you talk about fishing. You know what that is, but not yet. Uh, Big swing. You got a question for our guest, Brian Swinehart? We got about 16 minutes of regular time, and then. Uh, you got ten minutes overtime. Yeah, just so what do you told us, Icon. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you guys have actually been uh, doing it pretty well, uh, pretty, pretty good job of it. But I guess the main thing would be um, who who were some of your biggest inspirations, and who are some of the people that you enjoy watching now, like HBO specials on comedians now and things like that. Like, who who are some of your favorites? Okay, so I, I do categorize them in two categories, living and dead, right, because you kind of got to, right, because it's kind of different styles. So uh, right now, out right now is uh, I would say Bill Burr. Um, I, I just love he's, – he's real biting, sarcastic. Um, and then um, obviously Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle. Dude, Dave Chappelle, dude, this guy's great. I'll tell you a story about him. Uh, my buddy and I were doing a show at this little bar in Hollywood. And it was a Monday night, and there was like three people in the audience. And my buddy was like, "Man, we are, man, how are we even gonna have a show?" I said, "Don't worry, dude. Let's just have the show. I'm, I'll be the host. Let's let's go do the show anyways." Then ten people trickle in by the time the show starts. Then a guy named Donnell Rawlings comes. Donnell Rawlings is uh, uh, from the Chappelle Show. He's Dave Chappelle's yep, buddy, yep. dude. And he comes and he says, "Dude, Dave wants to do a spot. He's working on his Netflix special." You go, we got we got an audience of ten people. We got what the hell? And the night comes on with 20 people there. Donnell does a set, and sure enough, Chappelle comes. So now all of a sudden, people start texting each other. We got 40 people. By the end, there was like 100 people in this little room that didn't even fit 100 people. And Chappelle's just going on for like two hours. And I was like, this guy, he's a true freaking artist because the dude stopped by, a, and he helped us out big time because that made our the comedy show we were doing kind of pop for a while because Chappelle stopped by, but there's a true artist, man. He doesn't need to stop by and do that little room, but he wanted to come and work out his material and do his stuff, so he, and I got to bring him on stage. That was freaking awesome, so Chappelle, uh... Damn, uh, bro. Yeah, yeah, so that was pretty cool, man, you know, and it's just like, uh, so I always have the utmost respect for him, and, uh, and uh, you know, um, Chris Rock, I, I still love Eddie Murphy. Now Eddie yep. Murphy hasn't been seen forever, but when I watch uh, like Delirious, he's so good it makes me want to quit. You know, it's like watching Jordan or something like. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like when when Eddie was in his prime and doing stand up, he was he was uh, he was fantastic. Uh, Sebastian uh, Mintescalco is another. Oh, yeah, guy. Sebastian, I was just about to ask you about him, Sebastian Mintescalco. He's real funny. Oh, I love it, man. His his uh his uh timing, his topics, his uh you know, his observations and uh, uh you know who I like to uh is uh, Jim Gaffigan. Actually I saw Jim Gaffigan in Ohio with my mom and I like him because he is the type of guy you can you can go with your family to see. So I mean I like dirty comedy and, and clean comedy, but from time to time somebody like that is good because here's here's he kinda like 
he kind of creeps it in a, in a zone where, you know, you can go to the show with your mom. You know, like, I love Eddie Murphy, but I don't know if I would have sat, even Chappelle, I don't know if I would sit with my mom. Well, and you know Chappelle what's crazy? I, I, uh, when I was in college, um, uh, I live in upstate New York, up by, by Albany, and uh, George Carlin was coming to, to Kingston. And I had always listened to George Carlin. I had heard all of his albums. Oh, and George his last album, uh, It's Bullshit and It's Bad for You, the last album he made, um, he was mm-hmm. coming to Kingston. And I, I told my, my roommates, I said, yo, this might be the last chance we get to see George Carlin. And he's only mm-hmm. an hour and a half, you know, two hours away. Let's go. And I went down. We saw him at the uh, at the Kingston, um, the uh, Ulster Performing Arts Center in Kingston. And uh, the crazy thing is I saw him in March, and he was dead in June. So I I wasn't the last wow. show you got a chance to see him. So, but but it was it was amazing. It was a hilarious show though. It really was. Yeah, I love that. I love that story of not that he died, but the fact that he, oh, yeah. you know, three months before he he dies, he's still up there doing it. That's what I love, and I I remember that special and what I yeah, because he wasn't from, sick or anything. I think it was like a heart attack or something, something sudden like that, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, and he was and he was up there, but I tell you, I tell you what I, I like about George Carlin, man. He's he's on my he's on my Mount Rushmore comics, right? Oh and yeah, for sure. He 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 said, I, if if I could bring, I would do anything to bring him right now, down right now, uh, from heaven, and have him give a commentary on the world right now, because I think he would, of all the comics, would be able to to pinpoint things best. And as we're going through this, right, and there's so many. You know, you can you can listen to the news and hear the thing. There's so many. Every single person has a different opinion, basically, right? But he said, and I, I'm pretty sure it was that that probably that show that you went to where he said, "Question everything, question everything, question, question, question everything." And dude, I tell you what, I, I almost make that a mantra of my life. To no matter what you hear, question. Well, why or why or how come or what is that true? You know, and I just I I wish so bad he was alive right now to uh, to give his social commentary on this because I think George Carlin would be pissed as hell if you told him to put on a mask because he his power is his is his mouth. I mean, it, 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 our 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 weapon oh, is our mouth, right? Our words. The the, the, the crazy thing about um uh the the, the crazy thing um about George Carlin was that he predicted um, he, he predicted a lot of this stuff. He predicted some super mm-hmm. virus to come along. He predicted, you know, church shootings, school shootings. He predicted, you know, the economy collapse. Like, a lot of the things he would talk about, you know, and saying, oh, well, things. this is what's going to happen in the future because people are, people are stupid. Pretty much all that shit's come true. So, well, you know, he was just... He was just when ahead of his time. your best friend is Miss Cleo, it's easy. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. But he, he just, I don't know. He he, um, he was just so ahead of his time and, and some of the things that he would say. And, you know, the thing about George Carlin, too, is he would take social situations, things that we see every day but don't necessarily think about. You know, the things, oh, all right, this is just, you know. And he would break down those points and he would, like, Put something like, like the whole thing about getting on the plane. Remember, he went through the safety lecture on the plane. That's mm-hmm. something anybody that's ever something that somebody's ever been on a plane before has heard. And he spent 15 minutes breaking down the whole safety lecture thing, and it, it was hilarious. So it just, uh, yeah, guys like that are are awesome. I mean, I love stand up comedy. I've always been a huge fan of stand up comedy. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, the fact that you do stand up, I'm definitely gonna have to look up some stuff as well. Because I mean, I take a lot of a lot of long car rides for work. Uh, so and and, yeah. and whenever I'm taking whenever I'm taking a long car ride, 
uh, instead of music or whatever, I always throw on a stand-up act. I put on, you know, Louis C.K. or Bill Burr or Anna Scalco or another guy like Anthony Jesselnik. Uh, guys like that, yeah. I put those yeah. on. And, uh, and yeah. I listen to a full album, which is usually an hour, hour and a half. And then, you know, go from there. So definitely want to listen to some of your stuff. I love stand-up, especially yeah. in the car. Yeah, dude, it's, 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 it's a good time, uh, time passer. And, uh, yeah. So what's that uh, icon? Brian, or? Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian Swinehart is a guest here. We got about, uh, uh, well, we have, uh, nine minutes of regular time and then we have, uh, 10 minutes of overtime. So, uh, uh, one thing that uh, I do want to talk about, then uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions to put the icon over, because uh, we uh, we like to do that on the show, at least I do. Uh, mm-hmm. You did a documentary, uh, and I, I I watched that this weekend. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the documentary, what it's about, where people can see it, and uh, what inspired you to do the documentary? So I uh, had a big show at a place called the uh, Brea Improv. And uh, that's a real big theater in uh, Brea, California. And my friend Ishmael came with me. And Ishmael is like this uh, phenomenal uh, filmmaker. I mean, he is a beast of a filmmaker. And uh, he also has stage four lung cancer. So, And he's from the Netherlands. So he came to film the comedy show. And while he's filming the comedy show, he says, dude, I feel like this is a documentary. And I said, hey, man, you know that I'm about to go to Ohio and wrestle for the first time in 20 years. Now, I wrestled high school style, you know, with the folk style rules and all this. And what happened in 2018 was I was on a, I was on the back of a boat. The rope got loose, comes flying back at me. For some reason, I go to grab the rope and the sea sliced them off. So I lost part of two fingers. And my coach, uh, my old wrestling coach from high school says, dude, you need to wrestle again. And I was like, coach, I ain't wrestled since my dad died 20 years ago. Man. And But I decided, you know what, I'll, I'll wrestle again. I'll do a mm-hmm. tournament, and that will, that will help get my mindset. So, hey, if I can wrestle, I can do anything, right? And uh, so Ishmael, I went back to Ohio uh, to do the tournament, and my buddy Ishmael, the filmmaker, he um, he was he filmed it. You know, he filmed my my journey to get myself back into shape. You know, I've been spending you know twenty something years smoking weed, drinking beers, and staying out all night after the comedy shows, hanging out. You know, so I wasn't really in the, not that I wasn't in bad shape considering, but I wasn't in in uh, in, in athletic wrestling uh, shape. But uh, so. Um, you know, Ishmael, he just kind of uh, filmed uh, filmed the whole uh, whole process of getting back and uh, of the tournament, and I was so I was so happy he did, man, because it was such a a big part of my life to have been fortunate enough to have. I mean, it was my personal Rocky story, I guess you would say. You know, I didn't I didn't get the same outcome as Rocky did, but uh, it's uh, definitely something that he, that he shot very beautifully, and he he kind of captured a lot of. My spirit, not only as a comedian, he did a great job cutting back and forth from kind of the comedy comedy aspect of my life to to the wrestling. And, and wrestling and comedy have been, I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up watching pro wrestling, you know, Hogan and, and Giant and King Kong Bundy and that. And then that kind of got me wanting to wrestle in, in, uh, in school, you know, different, you know, the, the scholastic style of wrestling. And um, and uh, so wrestling has just been such a such a big part of my life, and it still is. I mean, I still coach uh, junior high kids in wrestling, and um, 
And uh, so, yeah, the documentary is something that I'm really happy about. It's called I Cleaned My Room because uh, my my coach has a great story how he wouldn't let me come to practice till I cleaned my room. And uh, um, it's about 20-minute long documentary. And we just uh, – we, we are submitting it to film festivals. That was what our original thing is, and we still are. However, when this, uh, when this uh, whole uh, coronavirus thing hit, uh, the film festivals were kind of closed off. So we said, dude, everybody's staying at home. Let's just put this up on YouTube for the time being and uh, have people watch it there. So um, we have it on both my channel and Ishmael's channel. Uh, my my director buddy, Ishmael Lotz, I-S-M-A-E-L-L-O-T-Z. Uh, that's his uh, YouTube. And my YouTube is Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Swinehart, S-W-I-N-E-H-A-R-T. And um, it's definitely a great. I definitely, I think it's a kind of a motivational thing. Uh, uh, we got such great feedback on it, uh, especially with all this going on. It uh, it's uh, really it's it's kind of almost surreal for me to kind of when I when we when we put it out to think, dang man, because we put it out one year after the tournament. You know, we waited a year to to release it, and then uh, and I was like, wow, in one year went from doing shows and wrestling to not be able to do any of them. It shows you how you can't take anything for granted in this world, man. You know, uh, Brian, uh, we got Brian Spiner's guest. We got about uh, uh, four minutes of regular time, and we got uh, ten minutes overtime. Uh, if you still got a little bit of time to hang with us, but uh, I just want to let everybody know Real quick, uh, who are our guests are next week? Uh, they all have confirmed. Um, as of right now, they all have confirmed. Uh, we are going to have uh, we're going to have uh, Brittany Lynn. Uh, she is the world famous, uh, um, and hopefully her company will want to uh, uh, advertise with us. Uh, she uh, works for a company called uh, Brawless. Is the name of the uh, clothing designer that she works for. She's going to uh, talk to us. We're going to have Raven Lake. Uh, she's an independent uh, wrestler uh, and uh, an independent referee, so she's both. And we're going to have Paul Galoom. Uh You guys know him better as Pinkman, and you may wonder what his connection to wrestling is. Well, uh, he used to be on Saturday mornings just for WWE superstars. So we're going to talk to him, and I'm going to oh, tell him cool. the story about how I uh, – uh, took one of his experiments that he showed us how to do on TV, and my parents had to repaint the kitchen. So uh, we're going to talk about that story. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Brian, uh, now we can go ahead and uh, do this. Um, uh, and I do love the documentary. And, uh, you know, uh, that's one way we can get you out to Fargo here. You can submit it, uh, the, your documentary to the Fargo Film Festival. That would be awesome. Oh, the Fargo Film Festival. Okay, I'm going to do that for sure. I, and I, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know some of the organizers, so it'd be awesome. I would love it. I would love it. Come out there and do that. Yeah, just you know, want to get it out there for people to see and be involved in their film festival circuits. Uh, you know, come, come see see the film a great movie was made about Fargo. Yeah, and you can uh, you can say that you want to have the icon introduce you, which would be even more awesome. But be able to... now, uh, real quick here. Uh, now, uh, uh, I just want to let uh, people give a little background about uh, the show I went to. Um, 
By the way, Icon, real uh, quick, uh, one minute left for those of you listening live. It is going to cut you off. Uh, we're going to go a little bit over time, so wait about 20 minutes, and you can download the uh, the remainder of the show once it loads. But, yeah, all right. It is going to cut you guys off, though. All right. Okay. So, uh, uh, so Brian, uh, the show of yours I went to, uh, you'll probably remember it. Uh, it was at the Mall of America. And I remember that. August of, it was August of last year, and uh, you remember the guy that was sitting up front? Yeah. It was you, your dad, and there was. Uh, my, so my I remember you and your wife. You, yeah, you, your dad, your your, your, your fiance, and. Uh, yeah. yeah. You could, yeah. And, I remember uh, you guys. And you, yeah, you were the headliner that night. And uh, I remember that one guy before, I don't know if it was the first guy or the second individual before you came on, but they were giving me a real hard time because I was really laughing up a storm, and uh, he had asked me who I was, and I said I was the icon. He said, so you're the icon, so I guess when you were in high school, your nickname was Kick Him Last? Um, uh, Yeah, there you go. Right, exactly. That that wasn't that wasn't my joke. That was the comedians. Yeah, I, I, I it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, uh, so Brian, uh, the uh, you know the sad thing is, you know, we, you know, we the virus is, you know, it's a bad deal and this and that. Right. Now, uh, you've obviously had several shows that have been uh, canceled. Obviously, oh, uh, yeah. can you tell us um, what? Uh, uh, if there's anything left on your schedule, you have to just like blank it out for a long time. What 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 is your schedule looking like for when this thing normalizes, if ever? So that's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, I have I mean I don't know how many gigs I've seen. I mean I quit even you know I went on to one of the websites and they still got my picture on for a coming up show, which you know it's not going to happen. That was uh, you know so my schedule is it's just I don't know what to. I had a big tour in uh, actually a, a tour I was looking forward to in New Mexico in August as well. I, I mean, obviously March, April, and May that's all been wiped out. In June and July I don't see it coming back. I'm hoping in August I get to do the tour in New Mexico. Uh, but like I said, I'm gonna go to September 26th your wedding, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna go back to my to, to my hometown and do a show in the barn for my for my local people and. Uh, and then I think I'm just going to I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to go super independent and just start going to any little place I can as soon as places start opening up and just um create my own stage until the big comedy clubs open back up and then even then it's gonna be chaos because who you know, if I had a gig in if I had a gig in April and May and they open back up, am I going to get that gig when they open up in September, or is that going to go to somebody else if it even opens up this whole year? They say it might not be until 2021. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a chaos uh, to get spots, you know. And unfortunately, um, a lot of the littler places, who knows if they'll have enough finance to open back up, you know. So... Um, yeah, I wish, dude. I was, you know, normally I would have like ten gigs. People from across the country could come see in the in the next couple months, but right now it's just a, it's, uh, I don't know. I gotta just see, you know. Unfortunately, well, you know, 
but, you know, the, the, you know, the sad thing is with, with all this uh, is uh, you yourself, uh, you know, you, you you've kept you've you've kept your you've kept your head up and uh, you you're not bitter and you're you're still a hell of a great guy. Well, you've always been a great guy. I mean, hell, you take my phone calls, unlike my relatives <laughs> do. But uh, you know, I mean, you know, you're 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 a great guy, and I'm glad that we were able to uh, uh, let you come on. And uh, what here's here's what I want to do. I want to put this out here for you. And if we didn't scare you away too much, uh, when you are uh, about a week before your uh, your your show is your whenever that is, I want you to contact me and uh, let let's get you back on here, even if it's you know uh, five ten minutes. We'll let you pitch your show uh, to our listeners all over the country uh, to get you know get to get uh, get you out there. You know, I appreciate that. Right. We'll, we'll, that'd be great. Be a lot of fun. So um, and that and I got to do a couple uh, ego questions here. Uh, I use uh, I usually say I usually do it before uh, people have to download it, but now they're gonna have to download my ego trip. But a couple things here, uh, and Otto, I don't want to comment from you. Uh, now, uh, the icon made you a collector's card. Your thought on that? The, the icon made me a collector's card? Yeah. I love that, man. Can we yeah. see? I love it. You're the man, icon. Collector's and, card. Uh, That's a dream come yeah, true, and, uh, actually. And uh, you... Uh, <laughs> Do you think, uh, and do you think uh, if I were to send you an address, you might be able to send us some autographs for some giveaways? I would love to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now do you have, uh, now, do you, uh, have you, or do you plan on putting on any comedy CDs? Yeah, so, you know, man, this is a life's lesson here. My, my, you gotta be, you never know what's gonna happen with things. So I, I had been working on that. And I've been putting some clips, and my other buddy and I were we were working to to kind of do something with Sirius, uh, to like like you guys were talking about driving and listening, and we were in the process of doing that right before all this happened. So I still have some recordings that I've done of shows, and I think I have one when I was in El Paso, but now I was doing it with just my phone recorder. But I'm thinking of just kind of putting that out there on the internet or something, so people. You know, while driving or whatever, uh, can um, can listen. And uh, yeah, we were we were in the process of setting up a big kind of uh, three comic type of uh, type of uh, uh, deal where we were three three of us guys were going to get a little uh, uh, you know put put all of our shows together and they were going to distribute it. Now, I guess we'll wait till that's over. But see, that goes to show, man, you got to work hard and work quick because you never know what happened. Because right now, I would love it if my material was out there for people to listen to while all this is going on and they have downtime, you know. So, but I do have a lot of videos on the, or a decent amount on my YouTube channel. I got uh, uh, a couple on there, and um, so yeah. So we I do have some what? content out there, but yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go over this uh, real quick. If our if our fans listening do want to check you out, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a Spotify. Uh, what do you got? I got uh, I pretty much got everything. I haven't been 
I've, I've got a Facebook. I have an Instagram, but I te- temporarily actually I, I'll, I'll put it back up. But I, I temporarily uh, uh, took it down during everything that's going on because I during this whole time I thought you know what I don't want to listen to people fighting on 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 <laughs> on social media about uh, you know it's uh, I, I look at social media like it's a bunch of people who are equally as dumb as me and they think they're as smart as me. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, so I temporarily took down my Instagram just because I was getting tired of seeing the, seeing all the crazy, crazy posts from each uh, in every direction. But I do have Instagram. I have Facebook. I have uh, I have a Twitter, which I, I haven't been going on Twitter as much either during this whole thing because um, Twitter gets so negative and people get so mean to each other that uh, I step away from it. But, uh, but uh, you know, I got a YouTube as well. And, uh and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess some Facebook or, or YouTube for right now and Instagram as well. Uh, all that. I mean, I got all that. You Google me, I come up uh, uh, for all this, all the different stuff. But I kind of been taking a little a little step away from social media until the world gets kind of back to normal because I just see it's, it's just kind of you can lose so much time uh, in, uh, in, all, in all the theories and everything going on. And I was... I needed to clear my mind and get back to to what soothes me is uh, is writing, you know. And so when I put my technology away and I sit down with my pen and my paper and my computer and I write, it doesn't matter what's going on in the rest of the world because I'm focused on my goals. Uh, and uh, you know, so social social media was kind of bumming me out with the news. You got social media. I mean, all that bombardment after a while just starts dooming and glooming you too much for me personally. And uh, so. if you uh, if you want if you want to post uh, if you want a format to post uh, some material on, you can go to our uh, page on Facebook, Author Ropes. You can post whatever you want there, and awesome. uh, our, our fans will check you out. I would love to do that. See, that's that's the type of thing I like to do because that's a positive thing. You're not gonna get into any kind of, you know. Uh, politics or not. I always want to put my shit up and like, you know, and, uh, and, and show, and show the art because, you know, at this point, that's, that's the thing. I just want to get my stuff out there so people can laugh without, uh, being distracted by all the noise. You know, it's like, uh, uh, scream fest going on right now in social media. It's like the, like everybody on social media is just, just out there screaming, you know? So I don't know. Is that negative? Maybe. No, not really. Uh, well, you know, I'll tell you the other thing, Brian. It's like, uh, you know, I I I want to do this real quick too, and uh, I know that uh, our co-hosts are going to be rolling their eyes on this, but you know, I'll tell you what, uh, I really do appreciate, uh, like I do our co-hosts, I really do appreciate uh, the friendship that you and I have developed, and it's it's really awesome. And uh, like I said, unlike my relative, you you take my phone call and you don't let it go to voicemail, um, and uh, you know. You're you're awesome, and I I appreciate the friendship that you and I have. It's just great. Yeah, Icon, I appreciate this, man. I appreciate you giving me a chance to to let the people know who I am and uh, to talk a little bit. And uh, you know, I I wish that things were happening under a little bit of a lighter situation in the world, like it was when we first met. But man, I appreciate this, dude, and and art and, and, and you know and, uh, and comedy and jokes dude it's 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 what i love and, and and pro wrestling i love and all this so i appreciate the time to uh get to express myself on your format man and uh one other thing i'll put out to help you out uh if you uh if you do put a joke uh 
on stage and it doesn't uh, go over well and you get a lot of groans and everything, you can say, uh, well, that joke was written by uh, Scott the Icon uh, in Fargo, North Dakota, so if you don't like it, find him on Facebook. <laughs> His promotion. <laughs> uh, Icon, you don't want to ruin this guy's. You don't want to ruin this guy's career by having him tell your yeah. jokes. Yeah, I think I think I'm good, Icon. I think I'm, I think I'm good, but, but we, we, we'll try to we'll test him out at your wedding. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. I I appreciate it. But I'll tell you what, Brian, you're awesome, man. And uh, uh, well, I well it's eleven o'clock here. I know it's only what eight o'clock there. So uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's, it's know, past twelve you, here, bro. Well, I know. Uh, so I, 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 I do love you, Brian, and I'll send you that address. Uh, you know, if you can send us a couple CDs, autographs, whatever you got. You bet. You bet. That'd and be awesome. uh, you're awesome. Thanks, cool. Brian. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. You guys have a wonderful night, and keep it rocking. Take care, Brian. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, well, Icon, hey, that, guys, was, that uh, was great. That, that, was, that was great, uh, and, and I definitely definitely want to hear his stuff, and I definitely am uh, interested. Oh well, that's what I was gonna so say. Make t- it make it relatively quick, but I've been waiting the whole night to hear this damn shoot of yours. Oh uh, wait, right, is well, Otto? Here, wait, is Otto gone? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, oh, uh, I think he is. Here, but all here's right. my rant. Uh, a, a former guest that we had, and Granny knows uh, who Miranda Gordy is. Yes. Now, uh, I had her booked on the show. Okay. And uh, she postponed her appearance on the show under her, her court. And I said, that's fine. Things happen. I won't let you come back on and we reschedule you because we had scheduled it and she had agreed to it but had to postpone. The key word, postpone. When I wrote her back and asked her to come back on the show, she said, well, I'm doing so many of these now that unless you have a certain amount of followers and a certain amount of this and that, uh, I'll have to charge you to be on the show. And I'm like, WTF are you talking about? You had agreed to be on the show. You're the one that postponed the show. And now you won't come back on. You owe us one. And you still owe us one. We ain't going to pay you because you owe us one. It's that simple. You don't agree to come on a show, postpone, and then expect to have them pay you to come back. That's not the way it works. That's not the way business works. You live up to your agreements. And if Mm -hmm. anybody sees her at a show, you should buy her merchandise and use it in your fire pit. Period. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. Well, now we know where Icon stands. Yeah, there's, there's only one other guest. Well, not a guest, because you won't ever be on the show. Uh, but Kia Nora is the same way. She she told me, well, why would I want to be on your show? What's that going to do for me? It's like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> uh, if you would see the, the reviews that we get and the ratings we get, and now you'll probably get even bigger because I'm going to rant about you. You know? So, uh, you know, unfortunately... Uh, uh, a friend of mine was in her corner the last show that she did here in Fargo. Uh, you remember Mariah Prussia, right? Uh, Big swing. I do. Uh, she was uh, in her corner against uh, uh, Sylvester Fox. You remember Sylvester Fox? 
Of course, yeah. Uh, and how how interesting is this? That uh, Mariah Prussia, who uh, uh, was a guest on our show when we were doing it live at Maui Madness, and uh, uh, Sylvester Fox was live on our show the same the same the same day, the same venue. Mariah Prussia knocked him out uh, at this event that I was at because he wow. tried to interfere in the match. And huh. you know it's kind of, it's. It's kind of hard for me to boo uh, Kiyonora when my friend is in her corner. <laughs> you know, sure, you know true. that was very hard for me. I was very torn. So I, I had to bite my tongue for the whole 22 minutes of that match. Hmm. Well, nice. Well, all right, Icon. Um, you got that out. Uh, I feel better. And uh, we we now have went um, 15 over, so... We're going to cut it here, but uh, next week, another big-time show. Check in. Uh, for those of you who got cut off, you can listen to this in about 10 or 15 minutes here once it uploads to the site, and uh, we will go from there. Granny, have a great rest of your week. Icon, try to uh, you know, keep your blood pressure down a little bit this week, and uh, we will see you guys. I don't know where Otto went, but Otto, if you're listening, we'll see you as well, and uh, see you next week. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.